Hi everyone, I'm Autumn. And I'm Kara, and we're the Hot Mess Homeschool Moms. We're coming at you each week with advice and tips to help make your homeschool better. We'll talk about all the fun and happy times. But then we'll get real and talk about the days where everyone is crying. The days where you just want to give up. The days where you have to scream into a pillow. And the days where you need that extra glass of wine at night. Because let's face it, homeschooling is just a hot mess. Well, hello, Autumn. Hey, Kara. Hey, it's nice to see your beautiful face today. Thank you. Fresh in the shower. I got my hair pinned up. I just look glorious. You too, though. (laughs) You look, (laughs) I I meant that seriously. You look beautiful. (laughs) Okay, then. (laughs) I'm like downing myself. And I'm like, but you look good too. (laughs) Why, thank you. You're welcome. We're happy to have all our listeners today with yes, us. Yes, it's just so exciting. We, yeah, we don't know how many there are. No. Maybe a few. Maybe, Maybe a million. You know. never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we thought what we would do with our podcast each week is to just tell a little bit about how our week was going. Because as our name suggests, we're the Hot Mess Homeschool Moms. Sometimes it's a good week. Sometimes it's a not so good Mm -hmm. week. So we thought we'd share a little bit. Um, So Autumn, why don't you tell us about what's been going on with you? Well, this week we have been a hot mess because we've pretty much not been doing school. (laughs) (laughs) But it is around the holidays. So my kids are like, well, everybody else gets time off. Like my husband's been off, off work. And so they're like, but you know, dad gets off, which he's not off this week, but I've just, I've been a hot mess. I've just been actually taking care of my house this week. And so (laughs) I've been making my bed every day. What's that about? I've been folding laundry. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, yeah, it's been nice, but um, yeah. What about you, Kara? How's your week been? Oh, it's been okay. Um, something with our school is that two separate days this week, my kids have actually started school before I got out of bed. Oh, now, that, that probably doesn't um, <laughs> say too much about me. <laughs> Sleeping till noon, are we, Kara? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. <laughs> No, they actually tend to get up um, quite early, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, around six. Yep. Um, I don't get up that early. And we have, you know, in my defense, Autumn and I have been staying up kind of late, (laughs) preparing our podcast and everything. So um, I think I was maybe, you know, got up around eight, something like Mm -hmm. that. But they had already eaten their breakfast started on schoolwork. I know. I was impressed. Wow. So, Yeah. What kind of brainwashing, (laughs) what kind of brainwashing (laughs) did that take? (laughs) Well, they did. We did have plans one of the days that they were looking forward to. So I think Mm. they just wanted to get that head start on school so that they could get it over with and get on with the day. That makes sense. Um, Yeah. My older son does that occasionally. Um, He will occasionally, yeah, get up in the morning and surprise me like, oh, I've already done my math or whatever. However, it's usually because he, I mean, I hate to say that because that sounds mean, but he usually wants something or (laughs) he's looking forward to something, I guess, too. But um, yeah, I guess something that has been progressing um, lately with just what I have been doing in homeschool is that my six-year-old is, has really progressed in his reading. Um, And yeah, he has this one particular library book that he has been getting um, several times from the library, but it's like way, it's probably more for like your older son, like fifth grade, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's a Marvel book and he has been enjoying that. Well, um, he is determined that he's going to read it and he's been reading it. I mean, he needs help with, from me. I'm not saying that my, you know, six-year-old is reading at a fifth grade reading level by any means. I, I keep looking in the, I was looking in the book to see what level it was supposed to be, but I, I don't know, but I would say definitely like more, like it might even be like my nine-year-old probably would be kind of interested in it. But anyway, my six-year-old is definitely not comprehending necessarily what's going on, but he is reading it. He's like read two chapters, I think. And 
So that's exciting. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, it's totally different than my older son, I guess, you know, I don't know if I should save that for a later date or not, but um, he's just more determined and he doesn't give up easily and it's nice, but I'm also kind of like, but look, here's this other book that, you know, you might be able to read a little easier without my help, but I don't want to do that. I try not to do that too much because that's what I did with my older son. And I think it completely killed his desire <laughs> to read. Right. So yeah, anyway, discourage the reading. I know. No. So <laughs> anyway, I'm letting him, I'm letting him be. And if he needs my help, then that's great. If he doesn't comprehend it, I'm fine with that. He'll get it you know, no big deal. So that's, that's just some kind of something new, even though I've totally been slacking. Um, he's marinating, right? I keep saying that it's so <laughs> ridiculous to say that, but his brain is marinating while he's on a break. <laughs> yeah. So here's the big question. Mm -hmm. Which Marvel character is it about? Actually, it's about a lot of them. So each chapter, oh. <laughs> yeah, the first two chapters were about Iron Man. And then this next chapter is about a whole different character and a whole different deal. So, I mean, it's like a, it's a good size thick chapter book. I didn't actually look to see how many chapters are in it, but it's like 200 and some odd pages now. I don't, I mean, if he gives up and doesn't want to read, you know, very much past that, then we'll have accomplished, you know, a little something. But it's the first one was about Iron Man. His favorite is Spider-Man. So I don't even think Spider-Man's actually in there. <laughs> so we'll see how how that goes. But anyway. Oh, yes. Your your youngest son is famous in the family for his uh, Spider-Man impression. Yes. And running around shooting his web slingers mm -hmm. or whatever they're called. Yes. <laughs> his webs. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know. Yes. My couch. I am shocked that my couch is surviving the attacks from spider-man and all the villains um and constantly just constantly people come my mom came over one time and she's like oh is he just like showing off and i mean that's been years ago and i'm like oh no that's like that's just 24 7 he just doesn't stop <laughs> it's ridiculous uh, you'll so. have to tell me the name of that book because that sounds like something that my son would like to yes yes i will definitely yeah. send that to you yeah yeah so as we said in our original podcast, the original episode, um, we were going to be talking today a little bit about how to start homeschooling, you know, what you might need to get started, mm -hmm. and also about choosing a curriculum and what kind of is all involved in that. So one of the things we had written down was to look up your state's requirements. And so I know Autumn has written a blog about that. So maybe she can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So uh, I've come to find it's kind of interesting. A lot of there are different um, homeschool requirements for different states. Um, a really great place to find um, the information is um, hslda.org. Um, I do believe. And that has all the homeschool laws by state. I kind of like there's a like a legal section and it tells it gives actually a map and you can click on your specific state and it will tell you. Um, I don't have my blog pulled up, but some states are stricter than others. And um, like our state is very lax. Um, I kind of always joke that uh, I could teach my kids how to pick their nose and call it school. <laughs> Well, mm -hmm. actually, we know that they all have their like college degrees in that area by now. But um, so mm -hmm. some, yeah, some are more strict than others. So I can't speak yeah. super specifically on the strict ones, but I know here in Indiana, it's very lax. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, here in Indiana, we just have to do the same number of days as the um, local public school system. Yeah. Which normally is 180 mm -hmm. in a year. And then also, um, we do need to keep attendance records in case the superintendent uh, asks of those. Mm -hmm. I don't know if ever he has. I mean, he hasn't <laughs> surely of, of either of us. No. Uh -uh. But, um, yeah, I don't know if that's something that they commonly do or whatever, but mm -hmm. we do, we do uh, abide by that yeah. just in case. I don't know. Yeah. I have a question. Do you, do you keep your records from like years ago or do you keep them for, yeah. I do. For yes. This year? I, I, sorry. Yeah, I do. I do have all of my records dating back to when my son was in kindergarten. Um, each month I print off kind of our lesson plans and, and then I have a page that is like our yearly attendance record. And so I keep all of the monthly things 
plans that I have. And then I also keep that yearly attendance record. And each mm-hmm. of them has their own little file folder. I, in my file it's cabinet. just so organized. <laughs> Kara is so organized. Um, oh. So <laughs> is that something that I should be doing too? <laughs> <laughs> No, I am a hot mess. No. So let me clarify. I keep attendance. I have a little chart here um, that I keep, you know, 180 day chart. And then I also track in my, in my own, um, like when we do things, I put down specifically what we do and I save our books. So I do have quite, not always, sometimes I just get a little crazy and I just throw everything out. But um, is that legally what you're supposed to be doing? And I'm just like completely breaking the law or... (laughs) <laughs> I oh. keep, I sometimes I keep them from like the year previous. So last year, I think I have my calendar uh, somewhere so that I could pull it out and say like, look, we've you know been doing this and some of their books. I date their books every day. So I could like technically just go back and say like, look, we did this. But I don't know. I don't have I definitely don't have my records from four and a half years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm pretty sure it doesn't specify. So okay. Yeah. yeah, I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just never empty out my file cabinet. That's a problem. <laughs> Kara showed me I her have file. decades of clutter. <laughs> yes. Kara showed me her file cabinet one day and I was like in awe. I was like, oh, oh my. <laughs> so nice. So organized. Yes. Oh, well, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> so, so yes, that's something important to do is look up because I mean, and, and two here in Indiana, the law basically says like whatever the parent deems is school mm-hmm. that's what you can count as school picking so. your nose is school today children yeah. <laughs> yes so it's really vague on mm-hmm. any kind of um rules yeah you know just just the the attendance of keeping the records and doing the 180 days mm-hmm. so. so but i know yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead. in other states i've heard like in florida that they have to like do yearly evaluations Mm -hmm. for their homeschools and things like that. So it's important to know, you know, what your state's requirements is so that you're keeping it legal, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Because we would not want to be responsible for telling you, Oh, it's fine. Just do what autumn does and don't keep records. No, just kidding. I I do it legally. I am legal, but um, I do appreciate too it being lax enough that like you said, we can count what we want. So um, there are days that maybe uh, we go to the zoo or we go to the museum Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. there are some days where I will say I will count one day Um, because, you know, there's been maybe five days in the last couple months that I feel like, oh, you know, we did something. I don't know. Maybe that's bad advice, but like, I feel like there's like several (laughs) days that could have cumulatively became one day. (laughs) You might want to cut that out. I don't know. (laughs) You could probably even count that as five separate days. I know. Again, the parent can decide here in Indiana, good old Indiana. So like to make it even more confusing. Yeah. More confusing on my 180 day chart. I'm on day 100. Well, I, I did it backwards. I started at day 180. I'm on day 117. So that means I have 116 days left. However, of actual book work, we're only on like 40. So I think there's like 10 days difference there because there's been some days that I've counted as not book work. That's just mm-hmm. makes it more confusing, I'm sure. <laughs> but anyway, in a lax right. state like that, you can kind of do it. But there mm-hmm. are, I have found out there are some states that are considered lax, but they have different rules. Right. And I think, yes. I think here in Indiana too, I always get this backwards. I didn't, I think your 180 days, correct me if I'm wrong, need to be within like, what is it? June, basically like from, <laughs> from June 31st or July 1st, it has to be within that, that time frame. I think yeah. technically. Like, so with, can yeah, you say that with, better? <laughs> just like within one calendar year, you know? Well, yeah. No matter what, no matter where it starts, like if oh. it starts in June, just to. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody got really specific with me one time on a Facebook group. They were like, "Well, right. it has to be, you know, between June thirty first and July 
first the next year or something like that. I don't, but basically that's just 365 days. Kara, see, this is why I turned to you. You make things so simple when I'm just like so confused. (laughs) She's like, that's just 365 days. You got to fit your 180 days within 365 days. (laughs) Duh. Anyway, I, I, I mean, I, last I had checked, I don't, I don't think like the actual law specifies a certain time frame. I didn't think so either, but just within, within one year, you know, finish, finish your 180 days within a year. (laughs) You've got plenty of time. You're good. (laughs) Yeah. So Kara, what about your like homeschool space? Do you have to have a dedicated homeschool space? What do you, what do you do? Well, we are fortunate that we do have a dedicated homeschool space in our house. Um, I have my office that I have my computer in and and it has built-ins and built-in shelves and everything. But then we also have um, a a square table that is where we do school um, all the time. And Mm -hmm. so um, it's very nice. I mean, I know a lot of people don't have a dedicated space and Mm -hmm. and that is certainly not a requirement, you know, to be able to homeschool. You don't need an office space or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Autumn? Um, so we do have a dedicated space, but we have kind of been back and forth this year. So I do have um, an off an office that used to be my younger son's room. They now share a room. So this room um, I'm in is uh, kind of a dedicated space. I, I do. I used to have a computer in here and it's it's got the storage. I do have a table um, as well that we use, but we also started um this year was the first time that i tried to kind of take it into the kitchen um living your my you know open concept but living room kitchen area that way um it could kind of be a little bit more free moving and we could move a little bit more as needed and be near the snacks actually was just the main motivation for that but um but you definitely don't need that a dedicated space I feel like because I have found that the coffee table is a fine spot for you know sitting on the floor and doing math Mm -hmm. or like my boys like to um kind of hang off the ottoman and you know put their book on the floor and you know that just it allows them to move more actually too Mm -hmm. um so if you have a floor you have a homeschool space, honestly. That's kind of how I've came to look at it. You know, it's it's okay to to do it where it works for you. You don't feel like you have to look up Pinterest worthy, you know, rooms. And you know, sometimes my room is perfect, and then other days it's like, no, we're just going to do it somewhere else and outside too. We ha- we usually go outside. I have a picnic blanket, and we take it outside, and we do some school out there because we get distracted easily, but it, it does, it does work well too. So. Right. Yeah. Autumn, that was just poetic. What you said, that if you have a floor, you have a homeschool space. <laughs> I love it. I, I, yes. So <laughs> poetry is just flowing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to say too, with my space that we do school at um it's a square table and it's kind of pushed against the wall Mm -hmm. so there's three chairs around it you know one for me one for my two kids and so I'm of course in the middle you know and then I have one on each side of me so I remember thinking I don't know if everyone else's kids are like mine but like when they have a seat Mm -hmm. that is their seat for life (laughs) there is no switching Mm-hmm. Uh, no changing after that. So I remember <laughs> it's written <laughs> in blood. Whenever, yes. When we were getting ready to start kindergarten, I was like, okay, I need to think about this really hard. <laughs> so here's, here's the overthinker coming out. <laughs> and so I'm happy with how I did it because, um, when my daughter was in the Montessori school for those few months, um, they had told me, did you know that she's left-handed? And I was I've said, no, I hmm. didn't realize, you know, mm-hmm. and so um, I have it set up, you know, when I was thinking real hard about this, <laughs> that um, she's sitting on my right hand side. So her left hand is toward me. And then <laughs> my son's right hand is toward ah. me. And so as learning writers, I thought that that would be a benefit that I could easily access her left hand hmm. in case I needed to help her, mm-hmm. you know write anything, practice her letters, things mm-hmm. like that. So anyway, I'm I, just very proud of that. 
<laughs> I think that paid off very well. You know, it's funny because when I imagine, so you have, you do have a child, even now you have, you do that, like they're on each side of you, you're in the middle of them. Okay. Yes. Because I just totally had to learn how to read upside down because I'm sitting mm-hmm. across <laughs> because mm-hmm. it didn't, my, my table is not quite big enough to fit all three of us. So I have a bench on the other side and my, they do pretty much. Yeah, it is pretty well. They're always on one side or the other. Um, Like they have their like assigned seating or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But I will sit like if one of them kind of leaves the room and I'm kind of left with, with one of them, which happens often, I will go and sit with them. However, for many years, I was just like learning to read upside down. And whenever I came to help my other sister-in-law kind of, think about her homeschool space, it didn't even occur to me that you would sit next to your child <laughs> while they're learning. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And then you could sit across her and she's like, well, I probably want to sit beside her so I don't have to read upside down. I'm like, well, I acquired that skill. <laughs> I wasn't smart enough not <laughs> to, to think about doing it some other way, but that's just how it worked out too, because I do, you know, they are, it's just a small table. I can't even fit a chair. I don't think in between like on the end. So Mm-hmm. Anyway, but it, it works fine for us. So see, you know, different things work for different people. And you clearly thought that through better than I did. <laughs> so now I've just acquired a, a great, you know, skill to be able to read upside down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Um, so yes, maybe something else you might want for your homeschool space is to have some kind of storage because mm-hmm. I mean, there are I mean, possibly depending on what curriculum you go with, there's, you know, maybe some books involved, maybe um, other, you know, office supplies that you might Mm -hmm. have to store. So that might be something to take in consideration as well. Yeah, I will. I will say I have an obsession with um, storage containers. So for years and years and years, I would always like collect all these storage containers. And I finally found one that I really, really do love. And they start started selling them at Walmart. So I'm just gonna, you know, plug this in here a little bit. Um, the home edit, <laughs> their storage boxes, for me personally, again, that's doesn't work for everybody, but I love them. Um, I'm just like looking at them, you know, eyeing them across the room right now. They're they're all organized. I have a math box, an arts and craft. I have a reading box. I have kind of one for science. I have stuff for Play-Doh and paint. And they are kind of like they stack inside of each other and they stack on top of each other and they're just amazing. So that is something that I have found like that works great for us. Um. <laughs> yeah. So that, that transitions right into our um, third area yes. was to get any supplies you need. Mm-hmm. You know? um, if you are doing an online curriculum, do you have the tablets or computers you might need? Um, if you are doing more book works, you know, you'll need all those number two pencils mm-hmm. and, and <laughs> um, any, you know, if, if, especially if you have younger kids, you might be doing more like little fun projects with them, mm-hmm. have some crafting type supplies. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I, I know you had kind of mentioned, I don't know if you said this in the last, or if we just were talking about it, but the, the pencils that we cannot pronounce the names of, do you remember how to pronounce <laughs> the name? It's like, um, yeah, the tip. Ticonderoga. Oh yeah, there you go. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I have found that those are, I kind of realized why teachers hate the other kinds of pencils because I had gotten some cheaper ones like, oh, they have little, you know, characters on them. Yeah. They got thrown away. Like just totally just buy the, the yellow number two pencils that she's It's like, but um, other than that, yeah, I, I think I had talked to you about this in the past. I don't feel like you had found a need as much for that kind of stuff, but like, yeah, I have in my organization stuff, I have like math cubes Mm -hmm. that we do use often. Um, And I have letter tiles that we use all the time. Um, I do have some extra craft stuff. I'm not a huge crafty person and my boys Mm -hmm. aren't huge into it either. So I, you know, I'll, I have some stuff, but, uh, so yeah, that's, it's always great to have those kind of things. Right. Um, yeah. The manipulative, manipulative. Yes. Yes. That's what they're called. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> we didn't have a globe up until maybe last year or so, but that's really mm-hmm. come in handy. Like I do mm-hmm. grab that a lot. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think those kind of things, any, 
anything that can kind of be turned into a learning activity, dominoes, you know, for math. Just if sometimes I like to take the learning off the page. And so it's nice to have kind of those things. But that's not, that's something that you can kind of come across as you go. Like, oh, maybe I need this. Or maybe I, you know, I think, like I said, you kind of found like you didn't need that kind of stuff. Whereas I feel like I've gotten more out of it. So mm-hmm. different things work for different people yet again. So, mm-hmm. right. yes. So then the next thing we have on our list is choosing a curriculum. Um, there are so many choices, of course, of curriculum that you can get online, book work, however you want. Disclaimer here. I know we said in our original episode that, you know, Autumn and I do different things. Um, we have mm-hmm. different ways of schooling. And so you'll learn some of that here in this section mm-hmm. of how, you know, some things that work for me don't work for Autumn and some things that work for Autumn don't work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it just depends on every family and what works for you and your children. Mm-hmm. Um, so what can we do then to help us find a good curriculum, Autumn? So, yeah, um, looking at reviews, um, the website of the actual curriculum might have reviews, uh, blogs such as mine. (laughs) I have reviewed, (laughs) I reviewed a few. Um, and then the name of that blog. Oh, yes. Um, it's, a big bag of everything <laughs> because I'm a hot mess and it's just everything. So it's, um, yes, big bag of everything.com. So I have a few on there that I've reviewed, but then of course, turning to Pinterest. Um, and of course, then I said the publication or the program's website, and then just ask other homeschoolers like the hot mess homeschool moms, because you know, because <laughs> we know everything. Yes. <laughs> We've done it all. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we completely said the opposite of that in the first episode. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, so, yeah, we have not tried every, you know, curriculum. Obviously, we've tried different ones, so we can only speak to the ones we've actually tried. But then there are Facebook groups. Um, there are some Facebook groups that are dedicated to the actual curriculum. Um, and then there's just, there's so many other options too. There's, um, you know, whether or not you're going to choose go to online or books, um, there online, there are some public school kind of at home here in connect, uh, here in Indiana, it's connections Academy. Is that right? And then like, I think so. Yeah. And then there's another one like K-12. Um, and then of course there's private schools or homes, you know, other homeschool options. So there's, there is more options now than there was even when we were younger, but then even, Mm -hmm. you know, 20 years ago. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's overwhelming at this point. So it can be kind of (laughs) like, there's a lot out there. Yeah. Yeah. With the, with the um, public school at home, you know, the connections or um, maybe in other States it's K-12 type programs. Um, You know, just because they are public school at home, I mean, don't, count those out, you know, Mm -hmm. if if you're open to different things. Um, My other (laughs) sister-in-law does connections with her Mm -hmm. um, daughter and they, you know, they like it. um, You know, it works for them. So Mm -hmm. that's always an option too. And Hey, it's free. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we thought we'd tell, you know, a little bit about what we chose maybe originally Mm -hmm. and how, um, we have come into our own you know, <laughs> yes. to find out that maybe it wasn't, you know, some of the things weren't what we wanted and then we switched and, mm-hmm. um, and got to where we, we like where we are. So mm-hmm. um, Autumn was going to tell a little bit about what she did. Yes. So when we started, um, I think I talked about this a little bit in the first episode that we were not sure whether or not I, I wasn't planning on homeschooling basically. So whenever it did come, when he did come home and he was homeschooling, I was not sure how long that was going to last. And so what I did was I was like, I want him to be on track um, with the public school and what they're doing. Now that has changed, but in the beginning, I wanted him to be doing what they were doing in school so that if I did decide to put him back in, he would be you know, using the same books. However, um, that kind of posed a problem because I could get the books fairly easily but the language arts or like the reading program that they were using in school, it was, 
I needed the teacher edition of the books as well. And that was extremely expensive. And I was like, well, I'm not even going to mess with that. I'll just do um, the books and do my, you know, do my, the best I can and supplement, you know. So I did in the beginning use, um, like I said, it's the public school system, but it was like reading street. And it's, a, I mean, it's fine. It's an option, but I would say it's not like the best place to start, <laughs> but that's where I started. Um, mm -hmm. And so anyway, it's a little bit more rigid probably, but then um, we used the next year or so, or maybe I added, I can't remember exactly how I did everything, but I did add some Evan Moore <clears throat> into that. So um, that's also a great option. Um, I did kind of create my own curriculum for a year or so, but then um, I found that I needed something a little bit more comprehensive, um, also kind of open and go, because then my schedule started changing and it was just getting a little bit tighter um, as far as like time went. So we went down from seven to nine books <laughs> a day for each kid um, when I was doing Evan Moore. And right. that was, that was perfectly fine. Like it was fine, but it was just, you know, my kids personally seeing a stack of books sitting there were just like, Oh no. And we didn't do the same books every day. Sometimes I kind of alternated it, but I found that, you know, the comprehensive curriculum where it was language arts and math basically. Um, and then a, we occasionally do science and history, but, uh, I, f I feel like, you know, science and history are kind of secondary, but Basically, with this curriculum that I'm using now, it has language arts has um, reading, writing, geography, art appreciation, and it basically just covers all those subjects kind of like on a spiral um, basis. So it will maybe do geography and then a few lessons later it might come back to geography but then it'll do art appreciation and then a few lessons later it'll do another art appreciation so it's not like all these all the things all at once and then their math is also what I feel like in the lower grades like science-based and like social studies so honestly I feel like using the curriculum that I'm using now I wouldn't even need to have like an extra history in science but mm -hmm. I, you know, I do, um, but we only do that every, every so often. So, um, I just, I think it's important to know too, that like in history and science, it can kind of get like, oh no, I got to add those in there too. And I got to add all these other extra things. If you're just starting out, I would say get the math and the language arts, you know, in there and history and science can either come in other ways or they can come later. Um, last time I checked, uh, homeschool or not homeschool, sorry, the public school doesn't even teach history until like, I think fourth or fifth grade. And I was, my aunt who used to, what used to be a public homeschool or goodness, a public school teacher said that they didn't even do history until fourth or fifth, but then they did state history to start with. So here I am doing like, you know, uh, government and U.S. Constitution. And it's like, I don't, you know, it, it might be a little <laughs> bit much for, you know, what we're doing. Right. So anyway, I'm just yeah. saying, yeah, it's, you don't have to stress about those extras. Um, if you're looking to start homeschooling, I would just say, get the important stuff in there first and then move on from there. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would agree with the history. Um, we did start my son in kindergarten, we start, you know, there was history in the lesson plans that we were doing. Um, but mm -hmm. does he remember no, that? No, no. Absolutely not. Does he even remember what we studied last year for right. history? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> and history, you start at the beginning and then go through to, mm -hmm. um, you know, however current you want to be. And then you start it over again, yeah. you know. I think since he started in kindergarten, we've probably been through world history a few times at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that's uh, kind of helps too, is the repetition too. So it's like, you can cover mm -hmm. the same things over and over again. I think people worry about like, oh, I got to do this and then I got to do that. And it's like, I think repetition is fine. You know, like you said, they're not going to remember everything. So <laughs> yeah, but I do think that science is nice to have for young mm -hmm. children because it's a super fun subject. Kids love learning about 
animals and nature and the weather mm -hmm. and there's and their bodies mm -hmm. i mean there's just so many different things that you can do and then uh my kids at least they loved doing i mean they still love to do science experiments <laughs> i mean making the volcanoes making slime they mm -hmm. had seen something on pinterest recently i have a i have a pinterest board of science experiments and another pinterest board of art projects to do so they had seen um the magnetic slime one time on mm -hmm. pinterest just kind of recently and they were like oh we should do that i said well we did do that when um my oldest was in first grade i was like you don't remember that <laughs> no no of course i don't <laughs> Nope. So, but I mean, it makes it fun at the time, you know, yeah. instead of just doing the core subjects, which are not super fun for kids, you mm -hmm. know, um, sure, maybe learning to read and everything is exciting. But um, yeah, I feel like kids really like to do science as mm -hmm. minded. They get their little yeah. lab coats on and their <laughs> safety goggles. And <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. See, I come at it from, I even have, it reminds me, a uh, blog post about how I do not like experiments. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know we have had this conversation. I, I feel bad because I'm sure my kids are missing out on some part of childhood that I am you know, <laughs> taking away from them. But I, we have done, I'm not going to say that we've never done that kind of stuff. And we do sometimes get messy, but I do not enjoy that kind of stuff. So I, that's why I do kind of appreciate, like you said, like learning about animals or kind of taking it from more of a nature standpoint. Um, mm -hmm. And so I totally can get down with some, you know, learning about birds or we've done lots of things like, you know, Earth Day activities or I'm just trying to think of some of the things that we've done, like learning about insects, all that stuff, you know, taking a nature walk or, you know, going on a scavenger hunt. That's kind of how we do science because even though my, my older son, he loves to take things apart and figure out how they work. And I think that is excellent for his dad to do with him. <laughs> just like, yeah, let's, that's how his dad's brain works too. And he enjoys that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, go do that with your dad's crutch. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, yeah, I'm, I'm not the greatest at that kind of thing, but that's why I was kind of saying if with, um, at least the curriculum that I use in the very like kindergarten, it does use nature based kind of science things like, you know, go outside and, and find a, a small rock. And I mean, that's just very basic. I know, but that's like, that's what they use as the manipulatives in some of the lessons, like a small rock mm -hmm. or a green leaf or whatever. But then there's other things too, um, that it, it does. And so that's kind of what I, you know, kind of take some of the pressure off, I guess sometimes, but we do other, other things, but I definitely, mm -hmm don't love exploding things. <laughs> so. Yeah. So when we started uh, with my son in kindergarten, I had chosen a, cur a curriculum that was recommended by a friend of mine. Um, I, you know, looked at a couple different programs. And so I ended up going with this one. Um, I like that it included aspects of our faith into it, mm -hmm. um, like reading some Bible stories and talking about those. Mm -hmm. um, and then how, how that curriculum works too, is that the curriculum kind of has a, just a book list of mm -hmm. just, you know, a bunch of secular books that you can buy on Amazon or wherever. Um, and then they make lesson plans. So you mm -hmm. can either get the books from them or you can click on their affiliate links yeah, and um, buy them yourselves or shop around, see who has the cheapest price. That's, that's always what I did. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I would buy their lesson plans and we stuck with that curriculum for a number of years. Um, but from the very beginning, I will say, I am a textbook overthinker and <laughs> over planner. <laughs> so even when my son was in kindergarten, I would go through their plans and I would redo them all. <laughs> Do I redo them all? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would put them in on my own days and the own page numbers. Often it was maybe the same exact thing that they had. I just had to redo it myself and put it on my own little format so that it was something that I liked. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just, 
I'm just like that. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um, so I would redo all the lesson plans. Um, and I would do this every year, every month, every year, um, and reorganize the whole plans for the whole year. And so finally, last year, I think it was when my son was in fifth grade, it finally clicked that I was like, Kara, why are you buying their lesson plans? <laughs> You've been doing this long enough. You can just do it yourself <laughs> rather than spending the money on their things and then just redoing it anyway. So <laughs> that's pretty much what I'm doing now is um, I still am kind of sticking to their basic list. Um, I mean, I've I've been sticking with some of the books from the beginning. You know, we still have the same math book that we've been doing from the beginning mm -hmm. um, and and spelling but then some things I, I kind of branch off and try new things. And then I just make my own plans. You know, you look mm -hmm. through the book, see how many pages in there are in there and divide it by your nine months of, of school. And then you have how many pages you need to do in that month. And mm -hmm. over the years, I've found, you know, books I like from that program and books I don't like from the program. So the num last couple years, I've been just making my own curriculum, um, if I find something I like, I stick with it. And if there's something I don't like, I switch. And you can pick and choose from different programs. You know, you don't have to do all of the subjects from one certain publisher. There was a language arts book that my son did in first grade that he didn't really enjoy it very much. And I didn't really enjoy it very much, mm -hmm. but we went ahead and powered through it anyway. <laughs> yes. Been there, done that. It's in the lesson plans. We have to do it. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then, it, you know, in that curriculum, it continued on for second grade as, as well. And I, I just thought, I don't want to do that book again. So we found something else. And then when it came down, time for my daughter to be in first grade, I didn't get that book and have her do it because I knew that it just wasn't the right fit. And, um, you know, even she is a little bit different than my son mm -hmm. in that he is, he's kind of more willing to just go with the flow and mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I have to do this. Okay. But she is a little more, uh, puts up some resistance sometimes mm -hmm. <laughs> to things that are not very much fun. So, yep. <laughs> so sometimes you have to switch out of necessity. Um, my son is in sixth grade right now, and that's the highest level that his math book comes mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And so next year, when he's in seventh grade, I will have to choose a different math program, which at this point, I mean, even the math book he's in right now, it, it gets into algebra and geometry. So that's probably the subjects I'll be doing for the rest of the time he's in middle school. Wow. Um, I know. It's crazy. That's crazy. I can't believe that he's... Oh, seventh grade he's almost I mean he's in sixth grade like <laughs> what is that <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, I know. Um, middle school uh, wow <laughs> yeah so you have some experience you were saying that you know you would make your own curriculum mm -hmm. with Evan Moore which we use uh, quite a bit of those in our schooling too um, but you're saying that you really like the one you, you're doing now yeah. Right. Yeah, I do. Um, that's obviously kind of changed through the years too. Um, I had even used some things from like Memoria Press, um, tried to do their like literature studies. And I really enjoyed that. But that was uh, quite a bit of struggle for my son. Like, he, like I said earlier, he does not like writing. And so, or I don't know if I mentioned that, but he does not like writing. So that was quite a bit of writing and reading comprehension. And it's like, you know what? He's actually expressing to me in other ways that he comprehends the reading and he can do that in other ways. I don't, I'm not going to force him to write it because it's just like pulling teeth. So anyway, then, uh, of course, yeah, just using something different. Now what I'm using now is the good and the beautiful, which it is a pretty popular, uh, I feel like with, with some homeschoolers and I really do enjoy it. It's open and go. It's, you know, comprehensive. Like I said, it's kind of what I was talking about earlier, but I was going to say too, it's also something to understand is that it's okay to kind of break away from a curriculum. If it's not working, like Kara was saying, you know, obviously you got to find what works for you. And if it's becoming too advanced or too easy, Either you can, if it's becoming too advanced, I found that it's okay to just take a break from it for a little while and come back to it later. If it's getting too easy, then maybe your child needs more of a, you know, a challenge or whatever. So with my younger son, 
I did Hooked on Phonics with him, and I started quite early with him. So there came a point when he was in kindergarten that he was getting into the first grade level reading, and it was just becoming too difficult because he it was starting to teach him blends and all this stuff, and it was like he it just it wasn't clicking with him right then. So I took a break, and probably about a year, I think, that I took a break with him, and we're just now starting back up again. So now that he's in first grade, he's, you know, uh, reading a little bit more blends and stuff. And so I kind of credit that with the reason why his reading is kind of exploding recently, kind of why he's wanting to read these, you know, chapter books from the library that are way over his head, because I feel like I it was beneficial to take that break. And I think it's also important, like I said before, but really emphasize that, that you are not Im imitating the public school system at home. Uh, so what might work for the public school system might not work for you in a myriad of, of ways with, you know, your schedule or with whatever. But especially I have found that, you know, just going to an actual homeschool curriculum, not trying to imitate the school and do, you know, their books has benefited us quite a bit. So I did even make my own curriculum with Evan Moore, as I mentioned earlier. Um, I think I already mentioned that earlier. I don't know. I, I thought it was, was fine. Um, I think that it would be great for somebody who's trying to create their own curriculum because I pulled in, you know, like geography from a lower grade and then um, math from the current, you know, there was supplemental stuff and then reading. And I did a lot of Evan Moore with my kindergartner last year. We did a lot of reading and grammar and punctuation, I think, from them. So I think that's a great, you know, way to do it. We There are still some books that we're still working through this year just because it was like, well, we didn't finish them last year and I wasn't going to push it. And so, like, there's, like, supplemental stuff that I'm trying to, you know, I'll probably try to get through this year, but it's not, you know, super strict. But like I said, yeah, earlier I just, I went from seven to nine books a day to just the the two main math and language arts books that I'm using now. So that's what I kind of focus on mainly. Uh, I do do Hooked on Phonics, like I said, with my six-year-old right now. I'm adding that to his um, reading, and it's seriously helping. I would recommend Hooked on Phonics to anybody who is wanting to teach their child to read. I started when he was quite young, and so I don't feel like starting when he was three and a half <laughs> um, helped or hindered him in any way. I mean, I think it helped him, but I wouldn't say that like, oh, yeah, he's, you know, so far ahead and he's reading at a, you know, fifth grade reading level or anything like that. Like he's just where he needs to be. And that's that's great. Yeah, I think it's funny that you know, Autumn was trying to Evan Moore, which she probably got on a recommendation from me. Oh, and she had mentioned the <laughs> Memorial, Memoria Press books that are the literature studies. Um, I use those with my kids as well. And so, you know, it just goes to show that what works for one person mm -hmm. um, does not work for everybody. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, not again, not she. Not that she didn't enjoy the books or the mm -hmm. kids didn't enjoy the books, but just um, if you find something that you like better, then go for it. You, yeah. know? Um, you know, I still use multiple Evan Moore books with <laughs> mine. I know Autumn was saying that, you know, she went from seven to nine books a day. That's pretty much what I'm still doing. Um, what we, <laughs> yeah, what we, what we've been doing all along, but it works for us, you mm -hmm. know, um, yeah, I was going to say, like, with, um, so when I say, like, yeah, language arts and math, the language arts does have extra books, so it does have, like, um, like, little reading booster cards that they have to do every day, and then it has um, actual reading stories that go along with the the curriculum. And then my son's math, now that he's in fourth grade math, it does have a little extra um, stuff to go with it, but... It has, yeah, it's so, we still might have a few books here and there, and I might add a couple other things, but it's not, yeah, we're, I'm not pulling, like, reading from here and spelling from here and then this and that. So, I think it just kind of, kind of depends, but. um, Yeah, we do want to do, we, we plan on doing more posts about our curriculum yes. choices and, <laughs> and maybe give more thorough um, yeah. details and reviews about them um, on future episodes mm -hmm. here. So yeah, for not sure. to leave everybody hanging about no. <laughs> <laughs> about our recommendations. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we plan on doing that in the future. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I think one more thing that I was going to mention is that I personally have kind of come into this thinking recently. I didn't start this way, but I've kind of relaxed a lot. And I think that it's important to know, too, that your child doesn't have to be on a certain grade level. You know, I have a fourth grader who would technically be in fourth grade if he was in public school. And then I have a six-year-old who would technically be in first grade if he were in public school. However, my fourth grader is in a language arts book that is for level two, which the curriculum doesn't exactly go by grade level, it just but it kind of does. But anyway, so he's in a grade two language arts, but it's not because he was behind or because I thought it was too hard or too easy, but it was because the fourth grade reading or language arts, I guess, program was very, very heavy in writing and he hates to write. And so I thought, if I'm going to put him in a level four and it's going to be like writing workshops and this kid already hates to write, like we're going to have a fight. So I actually, he's actually been doing language arts level two since the middle of last year, if that makes sense. So again, kind of confusing. I don't necessarily, we can go into that in a different episode too, how you kind of count that <laughs> in your years and your books and stuff. But I, I do try to get through, you know, a certain level through a year, but we started level two in the middle of third grade. So now he's going to finish this level two language arts book pretty soon ish in this year of fourth grade. So, right. yeah. So the reason behind that was that with the, the language arts or the, the writing workshop. But then I also put him in a, a little bit behind because I thought if I can get him where it starts to introduce writing and kind of, you know, levels up as it goes. So that way it's not just like, bam, you're doing a bunch of writing. And then my, my first grader now, he is in a level kindergarten level language arts. But again, not because I thought he was behind, but just because since, like I mentioned earlier, I was using a public school system books for reading in kindergarten. I thought, well, I didn't have the teacher's manuals and stuff. So anything that I might have missed out on, which I don't think it was too much, but anything right. that I might have missed out on, I'm going to just, we're just going to continue. And I've actually <laughs> been doing, don't tell him this, but we've been doing two lessons a day to get through it because he's doing fine. But it's, if anything, I feel like if they know this stuff, you can kind of see what they know. You can skip ahead if you need to. Um, I could skip through a few lessons. I don't feel the need to right now. I'm not planning on that, but I could potentially if I wanted to. Yeah, I, I agree that grade level, you know, doesn't matter. Some kids might be ahead in certain subjects, but then at a lower level and others, um, my son skipped ahead in his spelling because I, we just found mm -hmm. like early on that they were too easy for him. Yeah. Um, and then for our science and geography and history that we do, um, since I my son is in sixth grade and then my daughter's in fourth grade, I don't want them doing separate things necessarily mm -hmm. on those subjects. I'd rather combine it into one. So I split the difference and we do fifth grade yeah. level um, for those subjects. But I do think it's important to challenge your child and, and try to learn new things, even if it is hard for them. Um, learning isn't always easy to do. Mm -hmm. And just like life isn't always easy <laughs> to do. <laughs> yes. So we don't want to make it too easy. Um, but just, you know, that doesn't mean like if your child just simply isn't ready for it. And, you know, don't do that. But mm -hmm. if do what the child is ready for. You know, yeah. If they're ready to advance to another level, then that's good. Or if they're ready or if they need to go at a lower level, that's good too. Yeah. You know, just do what, do what works for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of a funny thing that my son said to me recently. Uh, he was doing math or we were doing something and he tells me that he likes a challenge. We were going by his public school. We were driving by it and he was saying that he kind of missed it and blah, blah, blah. And I was he said, you know, public school, they kind of give you a challenge. It's kind of a challenge. And I like challenges. And I just like about wrecked the car because I was like, you like <laughs> challenges? Like, I feel like anytime I have ever given him something that I thought was a challenge, like he just shuts down. Like, no way. <laughs> and I was just shook. I'm like, you like a challenge? Like, I have never heard you say that. So he likes the idea of challenges, but I, not the actuality of it. <laughs> I think I don't really know because I, 
was then trying to like think, okay, well, what ways could I challenge him? And you know, when I asked him, like I was trying to challenge him one day and I was asking him like, okay, how can we make this more fun? How can I challenge you? I don't like challenges anymore. Like he was just like angry <laughs> that I was trying to do something for him. He was like, I don't, I don't like those anymore. And I was just like, yes. <laughs> the moment so. has passed. <laughs> so I don't know. I think it's important though, to also realize that over the years, you're going to find out how your child learns. Um, so, and my husband actually gave me some insight on that recently. And he was telling me, he's like, well, when I was in school, uh, I, when he was homeschooled in like ninth grade, he said the answers were actually, long story short, were actually in the back of the book. And so he's like, I could see the answer, but I had no idea how they got to the answer. He's like, so what I would do is reverse engineer math. Like, okay, here's the answer, but how did they get to it? So he's like, maybe that's how his brain works. So I have come to find that sometimes I have to take the learning off the page for him and I don't know. It's, it can be really difficult because one day I tried to do that. I gave him the, the answers on the board and then he had to fill in the blanks in some spaces and it literally took him, it should have taken him five minutes because he knew, but it, because he procrastinates, it took him 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so it was just, yeah. that's really frustrating. It, that can be difficult, but I think every kid obviously has their different learning strategies because he is more like hands-on. I think he could probably really benefit from like hands-on math or um, I, I swear he's got like the mind of an engineer or an architect, that kind of thinking. Like he could take something apart and he wants to know how it works and he wants to put it back together. And I have no no brain for that. Like that is not my thing. <laughs> so <Right>. anyway, <laughs> I so I think it's just, you know, uh, kind of important to realize that you're going to learn a lot about yourself and you're going to learn a lot about your child and how they learn too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And we also wanted to point out that, um, you know, just because your book has all these mm -hmm. problems in it, that doesn't mean you have to do every single yes. problem. Mm -hmm. I know with, um, our math book that we use, it is a lot of drills. Mm -hmm. And so we often, you know, if there are just so many on a page, I don't make my <laughs> kids do all of those. So we, mm -hmm sometimes skip half of the problems that are on the page um, yeah. just because it would take forever to do all of those and they don't want to do all those. <laughs> yeah, I do find that the curriculum that I'm using now does have a lot of games in it. And so we do, we do that, but um, we definitely also skip. So there are things that my son is learning in fourth grade now. So he's, he's reviewing a lot of things that he does know. He's kind of coming into concepts that he's not maybe learned, but I'm like, oh, this is pretty easy. Like you understand this. I know that you know this. Um, his, his math has videos in it now, so he can kind of watch those, but then it has like a lesson, um, practice less part of the lesson where he practices what he learned. And then it has a review. So what I do oftentimes is I will just circle like, okay, I want you to do this problem and this problem and this one, if he's having problem, you know, struggling or whatever with something specific, but the program itself is like a spiral. Um, so it's not like there's different ways that, um, curriculums do that, but spiral basically means that they might learn how to, you know, count by fives, one lesson, and then they won't learn how to count. It won't remind them how to count by fives or review that until maybe a couple lessons later. So right. the nice thing yeah, about that is that the review, I can kind of pick and choose. And if I see that it's there, I know that it's going to come back around. So it's not like, oh, he has to master this right now. I actually used to think that way, like with reading and a lot of things like, oh my goodness, he's going to have to learn this, how to write a sentence properly and put a period in all this stuff, like, or learn how to, you know, add, like, this is the only time he's ever going to learn it. <laughs> and that's mm. obviously not true. I just, it's silly. It sounds silly, but those are the thought processes that you have sometimes. So, right. um, yeah, we definitely do, um, skip some things in his math because it's like, I already know he knows that. And it, the program even says, don't feel like you have to do every single thing in there. So I think that's mm -hmm. yeah important to realize too, that you know your child best, you know what they need help with. And, you know, don't let that overwhelm you thinking that you need to, to do that. And you, you're also the master of, of your own homeschool. So say you did skip something and then later on you wanted to come back to it. You know, me, I, my kid wouldn't go for that. <laughs> be like, we already did this lesson. But if you have, right. you know, it, it can be, 
you know, or take a break from the book and um, allow them time to kind of work on a certain thing or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's what works for you again. So. Right. Yeah. I know with our math, I mean, it, it does often circle back around to Mm -hmm. the same thing, even each year um, in in the next grade level book, there's always a review of everything that they learned the year before. Yeah. Um, I, even in my son's sixth grade book, like the fr- very first lesson is uh, covering simple addition. I mean, <laughs> they're getting yeah. shorter and shorter as he gets older, the, all mm-hmm. the reviews, but um, you know, and so it's not like they're never going to learn that thing. Again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that was such a thing for me. Like, w- I think that is why I kind of, um, so I don't know if I've mentioned that, like my older son likes, does not like to read my younger son. Why well, I kind of did does like to read, but I feel like I kind of, I mean, they, they each have their own personality. However, I feel like I did some damage with my first son with the, the thinking process, that thought process, like, oh, he has to do it right now. He's in kindergarten or first grade. He has to learn to read right this minute. If he doesn't, you know, read, we're, we're never going to get it. And it's like, that's just not true. That's, that's not the, how, how it works. (laughs) So yeah. anyway, yeah, I agree. So we hope that these tips have helped you guys out a Mm -hmm. little bit about how to get started on your homeschooling adventure and how to maybe get started in choosing a curriculum. Remember, just because you start with it doesn't mean you have to end with it. For sure. Yep. (laughs) So we want to thank you guys for listening today. We certainly had a good time. Yes, I did. (laughs) We did. We love talking about this stuff. So hopefully our hot mess ways of, you know, doing things didn't, you know, confuse you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. All right. So next week we'll have something new for you guys. And we hope you guys have a good week, homeschooling or otherwise. Yay. Yeah, that's, I'm, we're so excited for next time. So we'll talk at you then. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date with our latest episodes. Also check us out on Instagram and our Facebook page and group at Hot Mess Homeschool Moms.